Sports Talk Radio for the Brainerd Lakes. 1380 KLIZ AM. Brainerd Baxter, the fan. It's time for Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Featuring Colin McDonald and Chris Foley. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. And now, here's Chris Foley and Colin McDonald for Lakeswoods and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, now available at Podcast One, streaming thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, the home of affordable luxury, the 2019 Buicks. Chris Foley with me, of course. Chris, a big week on the women's tour. We're going to take one attempt at uh, uh, the champ's name, Leon, uh, Leon, Leon Jen Lee Six. So we're just going to call her Lee Six. From now on, uh, <laughs> she wins, and uh, it's kind of a cool story. She's the sixth uh, South Korean woman with Lee, and uh, the fifth uh, the fifth plays on tour as well. So she's just adopted the name Six. Everybody yeah. on tour calls her Six. She signs her golf ball or autograph that way. Yeah, it's a good idea. Oh, it's great. And her actually on the Korean, the Korean ladies tour, which is huge over there. Um, there are six. Girls with her same name, yeah, first exact same, yeah, first and first last, and yeah. last name. Yeah. So, uh, so she took Lee Six, and it's stuck, and it's uh, yeah. she's got a great story. Her her father was a uh, uh, mechanic in Taiwan, and uh, mother was uh, they. I can't remember what her mother's profession is, but they they really they did everything they could for their daughter to be able to continue to play golf and. Uh, she played, she played really well on the Korean tour the last couple of years. And this is her rookie year on the, the U.S. tour. And it, she's had a fantastic year. She's played in, uh, uh, 10 or 11 events and finished top 25 every event but one. So she's having a heck of a rookie year. I think she was the only one of the top uh, half dozen or so that shot uh, maybe one under or even. Uh, that golf course played tough in uh, South Carolina there. Uh, pretty strong leader field down the stretch and international field like it always is now on the women's tour. Uh, but yeah, she, uh, uh she's kind of fun to watch and, uh, uh, hopefully she's got some personality. So that's good. Uh, Jack's tournament, the memorial, uh, boy, Patrick Cantley on Sunday didn't leave too much doubt about, uh, how good a golfer he's going to be. No, he, he had a, he had a great final round, great tournament and, uh, you know he he is uh, you know coming out of college he was kind of a can't miss player and um, you know that same class as Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas and and the the spring break crew and uh, he uh, you know he's had a tough go he he his caddy was killed uh, right in front of him he stepped off a curb when after one tournament and got got hit by a car and he struggled with that and then struggled with some injuries post that but I think uh, hopefully he's back on track and great win for him yeah he's had a lot uh, I think Jack is one of his mentors too he seems yes. to know Nicholas pretty well and uh, uh, was certainly grateful to win that tournament Adam Scott was right there Adam Scott's got his game about as good as it's been in uh, several years. He just uh, needs to make a few putts, which is what they always say about Adam Scott. But uh, 
he started to make a few this last weekend. He, only, he finished two back in his second place. And Martin Keimer's game kind of returned. He was, uh, uh, I want to say, down around 200 or something yeah. in the world and uh, ended up leading after 54 holes and uh, came, uh, well, came uh, third. So yeah, not great, bad. Great event for Keimer and another great week for Jordan Spieth. So uh, he is, uh, every week he just seems to be playing a little better and a little better, So which is nice to see. He's got to open up a little room on Sundays. He doesn't seem to. He doesn't have the Sunday game kind of dialed yet. Not not quite, but he's uh, he's getting there. And I think uh, you know we've got a big tournament coming up in two weeks with the <laughs> with the U.S. Open at, at Pebble Beach, and uh, about three weeks after that, the the Open Championship at Port Marnock, and uh, he's won both of those. So yeah, yeah, and. Uh so is a guy named Tiger Woods who's playing. Pretty yes, he well. has. He took. Uh, I think he took this week off. Did he? No, he played in the. He played in Jack's tournament. Yes. He actually played well. He ended up finishing well. ninth. Yeah. yeah, came back with a nice Sunday. I think he had sixty-seven on Sunday. So, yeah, Jack's tournament for the first time that I can remember had four great days of weather. <laughs> that it, thing always gets rain. They have been. Uh, they've <laughs> been cursed with uh, with not good weather. You know, the, there was a uh, the site of. Muirfield Village, um, there were some Indian burial grounds not far from there that they uh, they kind of worked around, and they, they've always talked about that being a little bit of a curse for the Memorial <laughs> Tournament. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got a fun guest on today. Andy Johnson's going to join us, Chris. Uh, going to talk some uh, golf course architecture and some other things that he does in the world of uh, golf podcasting and that kind of thing. Yep, Andy Johnson and then uh, the Brainerd Girls High School golf team heading to state this this next week. Yeah, we're going to sit down with a, a few of the girls, hopefully, and they can take uh, 10 minutes out of their practice, which they're I'm sure they're just so excited. They were uh, going down this week and then uh, uh, getting ready for action early next week in the state tournament. Yes. Yeah. It'll be fun, yeah. Let's talk to those girls. That'll be fun. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, The Fan, now available at Podcast One, also streaming at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Dot com. Chris, a uh, very special guest. I'll let you handle the introduction this uh, today. Want to introduce Andy Johnson? Andy is uh, has a couple great podcasts, the Fried Egg and the Shotgun Start, and uh, puts a lot of great content out on his website, the Fried Egg. And want to welcome you to the show, Andy. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I always love sharing with our listeners is uh, there's so much great content. Well, there's just so much content in golf out now, uh, and some is better than others. But I always love sharing uh, the best content with our listeners. And you've got, you've got two great podcasts, The Fried Egg, which uh, concentrates kind of on, on golf course architecture, but some other stuff, the kind of the state of the game. And then a uh, a great podcast three times a week, the Shotgun Start with Brandon Porath. And t- tell us about your two si- or your two pods. Definitely. So uh, I started the the Fried Egg uh, a couple of years ago, and uh, I was lucky. I was one of the early podcasters and did something a little bit different than everybody else with the architecture angle. There have been you know some great websites out there, but nobody podcasting about it. And architecture, I. I 
always was interested, obviously, in competitive golf, too. And so I tried to keep a mix of, of architecture, competitive golf, uh, pro golfers, college golfers, and um, just talk about, you know, a wide variety of subjects with the with the fried egg. And it's, it's much more of a, a deep dive interview um, podcast where I'm asking the questions and with, you know, a lot of thoughtful guests. And uh, then I, I started the Shotgun Start with Brendan uh, just in last mid last September, and our kind of idea was to make it a a like a morning radio show, but on with podcasts. So we usually record Sunday, uh, Tuesday, and Thursday nights, and and every every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning, it's in our uh, listeners' podcast feed, and it's got a little mix of humor, news, and uh, analysis from. You know the happenings of uh, the PGA Tour and all the other tours, uh, Web and Senior Tour and uh, and European Tour, and we just kind of run down everything that's going on in the golf world. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff. It's uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, ex, uh, you know PGA Tour XM Radio, but I found myself uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm, I'm listening to the uh, Shotgun Start rather than that. So <laughs> thanks, I appreciate it. It's, it's oh. been a lot of fun, and we. Uh, we didn't anticipate the podcast being uh, the way it is, but it, I think it's turned out pretty well so far. No, it's great. It's great stuff. And, you know, I, I always feel like, uh, you know, if you're passionate about the game of golf and, and you, also if you want to become a good player, you, you have to have some knowledge uh, and appreciation of golf course design. And uh, you do a great job of educating people on that. And uh, kind of share with us your background in design and, and what people can learn if learning more about golf course design. It's, it's funny. Uh, the great golf course architect, Tom Doak, uh, who's designed you know, a number of uh, the world's best modern courses, always says that, uh, you know, the, the caddies would make the best architects because they – they understand how to navigate a player around the golf course. Um, and uh, I grew up caddying. Uh, that was my job all the way through college. Uh, I spent basically all day, sun up to sundown at golf courses uh, from, from the age of 10 through 23. So I, I during that time, I kind of uh, started to get interested in, in golf course architecture. And uh, there's a great website, Golf Club Atlas, that I would read, you know, I was like every other uh, college kid reading Golf Club Atlas <laughs> in my free time. And uh, I just, I was really interested in it. And uh, I went to work in the real world, and, and that part of my life kind of disappeared with a golf course architecture thing. And, and then fast forward about 10 years, and I started a and, uh, and started writing about golf again. And, and I started. Uh, I started with just a newsletter that goes out three days a week, um, and you know it's kind of a rundown of what's going on in golf. And when I started to write articles on my website, I uh, I just you know I decided, hey, why don't I try writing about golf course architecture and see see what people think? And and sure enough, there was you know this huge appetite for it. I saw like right away they were you know my best performing articles and. So then I was like, wow, there's something to this and, and started writing about golf course architecture more and eventually started the podcast with a with a with a big focus on the subject. That's interesting. What what do you find, uh Andy, uh maybe from now more of an expert's point of view, 
What would you like to see more of in golf car course architecture, and and uh, and are there areas where you, that you think they could uh, do with less of a certain uh, kind of architecture? Yeah, I think uh, I think we're seeing, starting to see a trend, uh, like with golf course architecture. Uh, this this era that we're in now is with you know kind of it's been led by you know the band and dunes type. Uh, developments with these golf courses out in remote areas and the design's completely different than when we saw the boom in design in like the 90s where I kind of like it I, I liken it to you know we went through a period of time when you know golf courses were kind of popping up like subdivisions with you know kind of cookie cutter uh, you know cookie cutter houses and you know now there it's much more of a craftsmanship era where we're these courses are, are built by these these you know architects that are not only designing the, the the golf courses from a you know a blueprint standpoint you know in layman's terms but but then they're also out there doing all of the work on the bulldozer shaping and building you know these golf courses so I think we're we're kind of in this era where we're getting a lot of great new stuff and and where I'd really love to see it continue to develop and, and evolve is, is in the public sector. So in, in not, not only at resort level, but at the municipal level so that, you know, more and more of the masses are able to have these great golf experiences in America that for the most part to date have been exclusive to private clubs and to high end resorts. You know, Andy, I think there are a couple things. People tend to think of hard golf courses as great design golf courses. And then there's also the perception that the golf courses that are in the best condition are the best design golf courses. And that, that both of those things aren't really true, are they? I, I don't think so. I think that, you know, you can have, a, you know, a great golf course can be tough. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I think one of the most important things with golf architecture is, there aren't any rules, but I think I, I have a regular podcast with Jeff Ogilvie, who uh, won, it, won the 2006 U.S. Open, obviously a great golfer, one of, uh, one of the best of the uh, 2000s. And uh, he's also a, a golf course architect, but he talks about Augusta so much. And I think the way he describes it is, is so eloquent and, and on point. But he, he says, you know, Augusta National for the Tour Pro is a very easy golf course for them to go out and shoot 72 if they're trying to shoot even par. Um, and for the 18-15 handicap, that golf course is a very easy golf course to go out and shoot 90. Um, you know, play bogey golf. If you're just trying to make bogeys, you can, you know, the the average golfer, there's very few force carries, very few hazards, um, and they can get around it wide fairways. But for the pro where trying to when they try and shoot 66 is when they shoot 76 so uh-huh. this idea of of a challenging golf course where it, it becomes more difficult for the great players but much more you know playable for the average golfer that that to me in my mind is like the really the the greatest golf courses are able to do that yeah, and how is that achieved, Andy? What are some of the elements that that make that? So I, I think it's you know a, a water hazard, for example. Say say you've got a, a two hundred and fifty yard carry for for a great player. That's 
something they can do 10 times out of 10 for the most part, unless they hit an absolute horrible shot, like a one in a thousand shot. But for the average golfer, that that's very difficult. Water in general is very, very difficult for the regular golfer. Um, and but for the for the really great players, I think the subtle challenges are what challenge them more so than the very clear, obvious ones: bunkers, water hazards. Um, so it's the, like Augusta National is a perfect example, and we'll see it at Pebble a lot too. Is like uneven la- ground where where you've got sloping fairways and and. That's, I think, hitting from a flat lie for a tour pro or the best player at your club is a very, very simple thing. But hitting a very precise iron from a side hill lie is very challenging, especially when you throw in wind or, you know, a slightly uphill shot. Adding those little variables are what really hang up, uh, hang up the great players. And for, for the 15, 20 handicap, you know, that's just, they're just trying to make contact and, and advance the ball to a certain extent and and that's where those little factors don't affect them as much uh, as a you know a tour player that's a great point yeah hook lie slice lie guys like me don't really get that what are you what are you talking about <laughs> i'm just gonna go and, hit it <laughs> and i think that's where we you know it, the great uh great old school courses like if you know if you're talking about minneapolis like white bear yacht club and and interlock and 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 those in Northland up in Duluth, like those golf courses, feature these fairways that that you know when they built them in the 20s, they they couldn't afford or feasibly move dirt to flatten a lie. And what happened after the World War after World War Two is you know we had all this you know the Industrial Revolution and and all this earth moving equipment that allowed people to create you know flat lies and centers of fairways because that's fair if you hit it right down the middle you should have a flat lie <laughs> but in actuality you know they're to present and fully test players you know the best iron players typically win at augusta because they're the most challenged you know it, the the more challenge you present in a subtle way at, at the pga tour level the cream rises and i think it comes across uh, more on the reaction of the players to the great players of the world. Adam Scott this last week in 17. He's won back, I think, at, at Jack's tournament. And he had a hook lie, fairly severe. And he had to hit a hit a high fade. And he was having to make birdie, basically, to have any chance of winning. Well, he hits his high fade in there about 12 feet away. And uh, you could see him explaining to the caddy, I, I had to dig down and turn my arms this way. And he had a big smile on his face, which we can't really see on TV that how extraordinary a shot that was just looked like he's in the fairway like the other guys but he was uh, uh really pleased with the results <laughs> exactly and uh, you know an average pga tour player uh from approach you know you're talking about one of the greatest ball strikers uh of this era with adam scott but like an average guy they're probably the reality of that that situation is that they're they're going to be ecstatic with a 30 footer and you know, there's only a handful of guys that can really pull that shot off. Yeah, 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 exactly. Andy, if if people want to, you know, dive deep into golf course architecture and learn more about it, what what are some of the great sources that you uh, that you have? 
Definitely. So there, I mean, a lot of it's been in, in print. Uh, there's Tom Doak's written some really great introductory books. Uh, the Anatomy of the Golf Course is, uh, is his kind of intro book and a great spot to dive in. He also has this little red book that uh, just went back into print, um, and you can buy it at his website, uh, Renaissance Golf. But that that one I really like because it's really approachable. They're short, like, you know, paragraph segments. And yeah. for somebody with, uh, with, like, a short attention span like me, you can, <laughs> you can read three paragraphs and put it down and be fine. Um, but uh, then also Jeff Shackelford, uh, who many people might know from uh, – the golf channel i mean he he was as prolific of a of a golf course architecture writer as we have in in this era and he's got a great introductory book uh grounds for golf yeah that's a great one how and about golf club atlas is a great free resource and um you know we have a bunch of stuff on our website friedegg.com yeah it's a great resource how, how about uh you know kind of golden age architect uh books any, any of your what's your favorite there um, Alistair McKenzie's Spirit of St. Andrews is, is a great, great read. I think that's, that's one of my favorites is, and, uh, it's available. If you go on Amazon, you can buy it used for, uh, the last, uh, last time I saw, it, you know, five, ten bucks. Uh, and one that's a little bit more expensive, uh, is Robert Hunter's The Lynx. That's a great book. Un- unfortunately, a lot of these books are out of print, so you kinda sometimes have to pay up. So, like, I would, I would definitely recommend you know, dip in your toe in the water with a, a cheaper book. There's, uh, and then if you if you like the subject matter, subject matter, then kind of dive in. And um, I think that, you know one of the beautiful things about golf course architecture is you know is it it exposes you to another aspect of the game of golf. And you know if you if you're out there appreciating you know the course you're playing on and and looking around and noticing things, uh, golf enjoyment becomes more than just score absolutely you know one, one of the cool things about that mckinsey book i think is especially if you're if you're in the golf business it had so many great nuggets of uh anecdotes or, or things about not only the, the golf course design but managing the golf course and managing a club it's it's amazing to me how many of the things he wrote about in 1926 or 7 whenever I think it was around that time, are still, like, so applicable today. Yeah, absolutely. Just unbelievable to me. Just briefly, guys, you were talking before we went on about uh, the uh, Women's U.S. Open. Uh, CCC is it Carolina Country Club. Is that what it is? Country Club of Charleston. Country Club of Charleston, yeah, yeah. CCC. <laughs> well, you guys are both familiar with that course, and uh, just uh, I thought it would be interesting for the listeners to hear how you – it didn't present itself on TV the way you guys think of it who've played there, and uh, the beauty of it maybe doesn't come across quite as well on the television. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it's a Seth Rayner design, and I have to say Fox did a great job explaining a lot of the um, the intricacies of, of Rayner, who, you know, he was a great Golden Age uh, designer. Up in Minneapolis, he did uh, Midland Hills and Somerset, uh, and uh, he was... Uh, he he built these uh, holes with these big, big contours where, you know, these dramatic slopes, big false fronts. And uh, I think one of the things with with golf on TV, it's, it's really like anything, like even photography. It's, it's impossible sometimes to showcase the immense nature of, of a hole. I mean, it's a challenge of photographers face every day. And with TV telecasts, like, 
know, I think golf course architecture is a growing interest, and and I think there you can you can adjust some of the ways that you traditionally shoot golf holes or shoot the way that you you telecast a, an event with the angles of the cameras that would show the contours a little bit more than they they are presented with the traditional angles they shoot at. Yeah. Well, Andy, great stuff. Uh, we really appreciate you coming on the show. One, one final question for you, and we'll let you go. If you could just play one more or one golf course the rest of your life, what would it be? <laughs> oh, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, I think if I uh, – I mean, just to clarify, is it, a, is it the whole club and course experience, or is it, is it just purely the golf course? <laughs> let, let's go whole club. Uh, I would probably, you know, I'd go, I'd stick with my hometown. I'd go with, uh, there's a course called Shore Acres in Lake Bluff, Illinois, that it's a, it's designed by the same guy that did Country Club of Charleston. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a wonderful place to go walk around and a very laid back place. So I'd probably go with, uh, go with Shore Acres for, for every day. And, uh, uh it'd be, uh, that'd be a good life. I, I might join you there. That, that would be a good one. So, well, Andy, again, really appreciate you coming on the show and uh, sharing your knowledge. And uh, hopefully our listeners will be stopping in and listening to the fried egg and the, the shotgun start. Thanks so much for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. That's Andy Johnson. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ. The fan.
Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan, and streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com. Thanks to our sponsor, Mills GM, and also now available at Podcast One. Special uh, segment here. We're at uh, Craigens live on location when we got this segment with the girls' uh, golf team. They're headed for the state tournament. Kind of a uh, fun interview with uh, three of the members of the uh, Brain Aware Girls state-bound golf team. I have some special guests today. Some uh, girls were headed to the state tournament for the first time in a long time, 20 years <laughs> or so. Chris, you handle some of the introductions here, and we'll get going. Yeah, we've got uh, three of the six players from the Brainerd High School girls team. We've got Izzy Olson, Katie Foley, and Anna Krieger. Welcome to the show, girls. Thank you. <laughs> so, big big deal. We're you know as we're broadcasting here. It's Saturday morning. You uh, state tournament starts. Uh, you get a practice on Monday, and tournament rounds Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, uh, tell us about qualifying for state and wh- what your uh, what you got ahead of you. Um, it was a fun experience. I it was we played that course a lot this year and it was lot- played where. Um, Rich Spring and Cold Spring, and it was just, it was a fun, it, we played there a lot, and last year it was there, so it was nice to come back and kind of, last year I know we didn't play as well as we wanted to, so day one we were seven strokes behind Alex, and we knew going into it that we could do it, and we were getting closer each time, and even our coach said, and all of that, and um, it was nice to go back in day two, and we all we had a good energy out there on the course, and everyone knew that we, the whole team was kind of came together, and it just it was a real big team effort. And Anna and I both had birdie putts on the last eighteen that just kind of really put it all together. But that's that's great. You uh, you kind of played as the year went on. You got progressively better and better. And what what do you attribute that to? How did you feel going into sections? Um, we felt honestly we knew like we had like a chance. We've only beat them one time like prior to the section meet, so it was kind of like, Oh, we can do this, we just gotta have fun. And going into day one we were all like pretty nervous, kind of like, Oh geez, this is really it. <laughs> but then when we come back like on the second day we were seven strokes back like Katie said but we all just kind of had like a fun energy out there we weren't like too like putting too much pressure on ourselves and just we just really had fun so and you know as as their coach I kind of saw that too where day one they were a lot of nerves and and things like that and then day two we kind of looked at Alexandria was the favorite there and the girls were saying you know we've got nothing to lose and uh, hearing Alexandria out on the the driving range talking about their hotel expect or their hotel bookings and everything for the state tournament and they're expecting to go and all of this sort of stuff. I think kind of kind of lit a fire under under the Brainerd Warriors team and uh, the girls just went out there and played played really loose and played well and it was good. You get a couple rounds in the seventies, girls, on that uh, second day. Have uh, has that happened before this year? Yeah, um, me and another girl. We got we had three rounds earlier in the seventies from a few people, and then at sections we just played our best. Now, did you improve ten shots? Is that right? Was that? Yeah, you? I did improve ten shots. <laughs> what What was the difference between day one and two? 
Well, first day I started with a triple, second day I started with a birdie, so that really helped. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good start, yeah. Changes the mindset a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Katie, you got two rounds in the 70s. Have you gone back-to-back in the 70s before? No, that was my first time. Um, It was... I came in like with no expectations, but kind of in the back of my head, I knew I could do it. I knew where to place the ball on that course, and I made a putter change over the weekend that really, truly just kind of put it all together for me, and I just kind of jumped a hurdle there. But So you've um, you played a practice round this week at Bunker Hills. You've got one on uh, Monday and then two, two tournament rounds. Uh, Tell us about the course, what you anticipate going into it, and had, had was that your first round at Bunker for all of you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was all our first rounds. On, we kind of, like, went in, we were like, we all kind of thought it was going to be nice, and you go in, and you're like, oh, wow, the fairways don't really have that much grass on it, the rough is super <laughs> thick. <laughs> um, it's a really nice, like, you can, like, bump and run that course a lot. So it's just, like, if you're short of the green, it's like, oh, I can get up and down for par. Because there's, like, nothing, like, in the front of the green, really. It's only on the side that's, like, all the bunkers. But, yeah. So our team might be a little spoiled by the Cragens, Madden, and Grandviews of the world, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they did have a lot of winter kill down there. The, yeah. Um, it's, I think, the, I'm pretty sure it's the type of grass they use. And yeah. they just had, I think they got a lot of more of the ice this last winter than we did. And so we just kind of were more blessed with a little bit of some nicer conditions going into the season. But I think they should be having a good as good a shape as they can for the state tournament this year. And what do the three of you think about the strengths of your own games? What would you say they are? Um, well, I know for sure mine is my weakness is the short game because, yeah, I don't know, but I can ball my drivers occasionally. It's <laughs> 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 a long way. <laughs> Um, for me right now, it's putting. Making my putter change is a big step for me, and that's really what's pulling it together at the moment. But My irons are my strength, Neth. I can hit mostly almost every green, so that helps. Todd, you, you know, the last several years we've, we've had some good girls' teams, and, um, you know, probably this team... I I knew coming up that this team was going to be very good, but we've we've had some good teams in the past. What what is what's been the difference between this team going to state and the teams we've had the past couple of years, which probably had the ability to? I think just well, the addition of Anna coming on last year was was a big shot in the arm for the team, and just the amount of grit that she has. Um, out there on the course that she doesn't ever quit, doesn't ever give up. And I think that's helped everybody uh, overall. And, you know, just their their work ethic as we go around the table here and here, everybody's talking about short game, short game, and short game. And that's all we've done for the last week now is to spend time out here with the short game. And they continue to work on that. And their just their commitment and their dedication has been has been huge. Let's name the other three girls since they're not here so you girls can uh, give them a little props. Um, there's Abby Polkamp, Ellie Bymark, and Alexis Mangini. We're all, all seniors on the team and uh, out with jobs and college visits and, and sure. all those things as seniors have, but uh, they've been here all the other times working and just couldn't make it this morning. Senior leadership with a bunch of uh, youngsters on the team. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. Have, have been yeah. here before. 
Mm-hmm. Is he something unique? This is your third state tournament appearance this yeah, year. I, it I, is. I would guess there aren't too many uh, boys or or girls in the state that could uh, no. could say that, that that they've played in three different state tournaments this yeah. year. So, uh, what? Obviously, golf coming up here next mm-hmm. week, and what what are the other two? Um, diving and gymnastics. Okay, yeah. excellent. Mm-hmm. And what, what do you anticipate differently in, in this championship compared to the other two? Um. Well, I think that it's just going to be more fun. Not saying that the other ones were fun. It's just we're such like a close team, so it's just going to be like we're all like be making jokes and just like have fun, and it'll be. And the patch on your sweatshirt will say golf instead of. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have three of the same. If there's any room on the sweatshirt, (laughs) well. Todd, how's the communication? But is it Ryder Cup style? Do the girls know how the other girls are playing? Or do they just kind of concentrate on their own game? Or? Yeah, the nice thing is that we get to have two coaches down there since we qualified as a team. And that really helps um, that we can spread out a little bit. Like last year when Coach Wallace had three boys qualify, he couldn't um, have any other coaches with him. So he was he was it out on the course. Uh, when you get a team, then you get sick. With six players, you get to have two coaches out there, so Coach Ali and I can kind of be in communication back and forth. And I really thought that that was a key a key thing in that final day of sections that Ellie Bymark and Alexis Mangini came off and both put 40s up on their first nine and just told the girls that, hey, we're, we're close. They're pushing hard up at the front those front groups, and let's keep going. And that just kind of kept the attitudes positive and on the up and up, and I think that, that helped a lot, and hopefully it will as we get into the tournament. Let's talk about those birdies on 18. That uh, I mean, when you're tied at 661, those two birdies were fairly important. Yeah, they. It was. It was fun. Um, our teammates were. We were the last two groups out there, and our teammates were waiting on the 18th for us. And both of my girls were off the green and getting ready. They were putting from the fringe and getting ready to hit. And they had both chipped, tried to chip, and I. I was really ready, and so I'm like, do you mind if I go? And knowing, I kind of stepped up knowing I was able to make that one, which was kind of nice. And I knew I went from, like, I had a birdie, like, I think, like, five holes back. And so I was one, I was even through 17 because I had a bogey on that 17th hole. But then I to birdie the last hole and go one under really threw my round together for me personally. But. And it was kind of a cool atmosphere because when Katie dropped that putt, Coach Ollie was – at the green with the rest of the team, and he basically had to had to holler at the girls and Izzy and to get off the green and come back. They're still playing. We still have groups to come in because Anna Anna was still back on the tee coming up. So reminds me of a Ryder Cup back in '97. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Anna, with yours, you had a long one, Anna. Yeah. Um, like for the past six holes, I'm like, I'm just gonna bomb my driver, bomb my driver, which I shouldn't have hit my driver, but I was going to anyway. <laughs> and I hit it, everyone's watching, I hit it about 30 yards, and all I could tell myself was not to chunk this. So I <laughs> everyone didn't see that. And then I almost hold out, and then I like, ro- I had an 18 footer, and I putted, and I usually hit the ball too hard, oh. and <laughs> Alex was like, Alex girl's like, you want the flag? And I was like, yeah. So I hit the putt, and it's rolling, I'm like, slow down, slow down, and then all of a sudden I'm like, get in, get in, and then it went in, and I'm like, that was big. So the flag in rule helped. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think that putt would have dropped without the flag in no. rule. I, well, when she hit that, I was like watching, and I'm like, I'm like, Anna? 
oh my gosh, you hit that so dang hard. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, I'm like, Anna, oh my God, please go away, please go away, please go away. And right when she that went in, we were like, okay, it's going to be so close. And when we added up the scores, we were one back. And because, like, we're all thinking, oh, eight to beat them, eight to beat them. So we're like, oh, well, we just missed that by one. But we're all thinking, okay, that's eight strokes, but we actually tied them. And everyone was congratulating us, and we're like, oh, we just lost by one stroke. (laughs) And so then we just kept adding it, and then we just realized that we won. (laughs) And then there was some question of what the tie break was going to be, but we figured it either way if they'd counted our low round both – the first day and the second day, we would have come out ahead in the second day for sure with the round that Alexis had. So, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah, that's great stuff. Girls, thanks for coming on uh, thank today. You. And, yeah, thank uh, you. Good luck this week. And it's uh, just just a thrill. I, I was uh, telling Todd that uh, Gene Martin mentioned we were going to a, to a uh, baseball playoff game, Eric's her son. And uh, she said, back, it was 20 years ago today that the girls won the state tournament. And Gene coached that team. And I said, uh, Chris, just text me. Our girls are going to state this year, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's exciting, so thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank, thank, you. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley and Colin McDonald at 1380 KLIZ. The Fan. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan streaming at KLIZ.com and now available at Podcast One. Uh, thanks to our guests, uh, Andy Johnson, uh, Architecture and uh, Fried Egg and uh, Shotgun, uh, Shotgun Start the Podcast shotgun start, both yeah. the, and the Fried Egg, both uh, very entertaining. And he had a whole list of uh, references for golf, which is really fun, and you knew a lot of them, because so, you're a voracious golf yeah. reader, I know. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I, I uh, probably consume more golf content than just about anybody, and uh, I love it. I'm... Thanks to the girls' uh, golf team, Brainerd Warrior Girls, we certainly wish them well as they head off to play uh, in the state tournament for the first time in a while, so uh, team champion. I was uh, talking with Gene Martin, and uh, uh, we were on their way to a baseball game, and uh, Eric, her son, plays baseball, so they were riding along, and uh, she said, uh, this before we knew anything about the girls, or she, I knew, but she didn't, it was 20 years ago today we won the state championship in golf, Mac, I said, and, and she coached that team in 99, I said, Gene, did Chris just text me, the girls made it, they're going, <laughs> they're going to state, yeah. oh, and what a story that was, we had fun to have the girls on, the boys, uh, I'll tell you, that uh, section has turned into a buzzsaw in boys' golf. That was, it was four of the goodest scores of the top four teams, as I can remember. Um, I mean, we've been right there in second and within a shot and a here or there. And, uh, boy, this week, Buffalo, Moorhead, Alexandria, Brainerd, uh, I think just about every kid shoots under 80, yeah. which is extraordinary, really. Yeah, really good. And, you know, and, and not only our Brainerd team, the, you know, Pequot Lakes boys yeah. had a played very well um crosby is playing very well and uh we had i know two players for sure from from pequot lakes henry neva and tyler ceiling qualified for the state championship and uh i haven't heard the results of uh i think erholz is going right yes on the boys side yeah from staples right and crosby uh, 
today we're, is Wednesday that we're taping. I, the, might, the last day of their sections may be to be, be today. Yeah, yeah. But some great stuff. Yeah, headed for the state tournament. How fun that is. And again, uh, good luck to the girls as they head down to the state tournament. We, uh, you've been, uh, we were talking about our schedules a little bit when we came in today, and uh, yours with weather in particular has backed up <laughs> everything you do. You've got youth clinics and adult clinics, and uh, and you try to come in here and squeeze in uh, this, which we appreciate, of course. And but uh, we want we one thing we kind of neglected a while back. The 19th hole is sponsored by Tito's Handmade Vodka with us, and uh, you had your second trip out to Pine Valley, which is. Uh, uh, well, it's a place where nobody gets to go play golf, and now you've got to go twice, Chris. <laughs> it's uh, exclusive, for lack of a better word, and yeah. uh, uh, it's just a really high-end golf course that is thought, thought of highly around the world, one of the best golf courses in the world. Yeah, it's pretty typically number one, number two uh, in all the rankings uh, in the world of golf, and uh, it's such a fantastic experience. It's uh um, you know, if you listen to Andy Johnson talk about golf course architecture, Pine Valley was built in the 1920s and uh, uh, just outside Philadelphia in New Jersey, so right across the river from Philadelphia. And it uh, Philadelphia was kind of a hotbed of golden age golf course architecture. And there was really a collaboration of uh, it. The, the main guy behind it was a guy named George Crump. But there were many architects that kind of came and collaborated with him on on the site, and it's it's built in the uh, what they call the New Jersey Sand Barrens, and it's it's just a absolutely fantastic layout. There no two holes are alike. Um, it's very wide off the off the. It's a fairly easy driving golf course, but very difficult around the greens. And uh, you're you're kind of walking through sand all day, and it's just it's a fantastic walk. It's beautiful, and the uh, the whole setting is is really neat. It's very understated, nothing pretentious about it. But uh, you know, you stay right there on site. They've got cottages and what they call the dormy house, and um, the food is fantastic. The caddies are great, and the golf is kind of second to none. Yeah, yeah. How did you play this year? You know, I played I hit enough good shots that I was pretty happy with my game. I drove it really well. My iron game was not great. Um, I was disappointed in that, but I putted uh, reasonably well, and I chipped and pitched the ball pretty well, so I was pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you probably, did you get a chance to visit the 19th hole? You know, it, we uh, we did enjoy the 19th hole a couple times, and um they had Tito's handmade vodka as their uh, as their house brand, and their their drink, kind of their famous drink there is the transfusion, yeah, which is Tito's handmade vodka and uh, ginger ale and a little bit of grape juice, Welch's grape juice, and uh, it's very refreshing. I'm going to uh, dust my clubs off uh, this week, and uh, May is just a tough month with uh, all the baseball games I call. After after my regular job, so um, and the way that fell this year was even more difficult with the rain and then yeah. and then getting games in. So uh, now my teammates are going to have to uh, hoist me up on their shoulders in men's league and uh, carry me around for a few weeks. How how is the uh, <laughs> uh, which which team are you on, Mac? Sheps on Shep, six. Sheps on six. Yeah, That's uh-huh. right. You, you guys are defending champions, aren't you? No, no, no. We've never been champions. Oh, I thought I thought you guys won the. We raced out of the gate last year, okay. had a nice lead. 
and then collapse down the stretch when and the pressure. Where, got where are you at right now? You haven't played. I no, think. I haven't played yet. But, so uh, we probably. I think we need a little spark. So maybe I can know, provide I, a little. I think, I think you're going to get out there and lead the team. Yeah. Well, first time out. That's usually okay. You know? <laughs> Just close my eyes. Don't remember any of my bad habits. That's right. And then they go. Oh, yeah, that's your handicap. Right. <laughs> All right. Good show, Chris. Thanks, Mac. That's Chris Foley. I'm Colin McDonald, and you've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Thanks for listening to today's edition of Lakes, Woods, and Irons at 1380 KLIZ, The Fan. Today's broadcast is sponsored by Craigan's Legacy Courses, Tito's Handmade Vodka, Rutgers Bay Lake Lodge, The Tea Hive, The Holiday Station on Mill Avenue, and Maury's Market. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com, sponsored by Mills GM. We now return to our regularly scheduled program at the Lake Sports Talk 1380 KLIZ, The Fan.